Hello, and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about role players. I'm Colin Lamoth. And I'm Jess Vetters. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics, from creating a character to running a game, and what it all means for people who share our favorite hobby. We may not be experts, but we do have pleasant voices and a wealth of gaming experiences that we're here to share with you. Our topic today is downtime, and on that subject, I have to talk about some downtime that I will be having away from the podcast with yes, you, please, Jess. please, please do. I am getting married on October 14th. Oh, snap. And... <laughs> yeah. He's going uh, so after the I one ring, be... folks. It's true. It's... <laughs> uh, taking on a higher challenge rating in life. But I've got a new party member, so it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> that was adorable. <laughs> did you steal that from something, or did you just come up with that? Uh, I I came up with it, but I feel like there's also a comic that I might have read somewhere that does something similar-ish. As far as you know, you came up with it. As far as I know, uh, I'm going to say I crowdsourced it, from material that I vaguely remember. I like that. So, <clears throat> because that I will because I will be uh, married on October 14th, this will be the I believe the second to last episode that I'll be recording with you theoretically through most of October because after my wedding I'll be going on I'll be going on my honeymoon and Aloha. we'll be back until later October. Are you, are you are you taking a Hawaiian vacation? A no, tropical but, vacation. I mean it. Oh yes, tropical. Tropical oh, does work. Um, we're gonna go to Disney World, <gasps> and then we're gonna go on to uh, a Disney cruise. My girlfriend is going to be wildly jealous. I still have to meet that girlfriend. Um, uh, hopefully you will before too terribly long. Yeah, that's that'd be optimistic. Yeah, around Christmas nice. time. Let's anticipate. We shall indeed anticipate but that downtime means that while i'm off doing my own separate adventure jess will be holding down the fort here and doing the adventures and i'll just be gaining experience off screen which segues quite nicely into the idea of downtime oh Jess, man. why was... don't you give us your interpretation of what downtime is in a gaming related sense happily so downtime to me, is essentially any time where you are, as the players and the GM and the whoever is involved, not directly dealing with the thrust of the plot itself. This can be, mm. you know, the night spent at camp where you level up and you have, you know, maybe you have a little conversation, maybe you pull a Final yep. Fantasy 15 and have a cooking montage, whatever. Uh. It can also be the times where you are hanging around in town to do your shopping or your weapon upgrading, or it can be the times that you spend in your internet chat room doing silly, like, coffee shopping things. Everybody loves coffee shopping. Coffee if shopping! Have you never heard that? I have never heard of coffee shopping. I've heard of coffee shops, and I've heard of shopping. I have not heard of coffee shopping. So, coffee shopping, as a brief little tangent, is a term for when you take characters and essentially have in-character canon conversations that happen outside of the game itself. So, it's a wonderful activity for role-playing during downtime. And wait, it doesn't... okay. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've got to go back. So, it's... It's conversations in character that happen outside 
of the game does are, are we talking like the removal of the fourth wall outside of the game like you're just talking in character about ordering pizza uh you could do it that way depending on what you're <clears throat> playing but generally no it's it's a kind okay. of a catch-all term that comes from i believe like more of the forum role playing or the straight up fan fiction side of role play where mm. the idea is you take your two characters and you sit them down in a coffee shop and they have a conversation now the coffee shop I can be metaphorical I believe I've heard that before. The coffee shop thing is something that I have encountered. You just put two characters in a coffee shop and have them have a theoretical conversation. I think that is a thing. Yeah. I think I have encountered that thing. And that's a really fun way for players like myself to utilize downtime because it lets me get to know the other people in my group from their perspective, <clears throat> but outside of like, we must protect the princess from Lord Fartsyface. And it's just like... That's, it's not your best name. Hey, you know what? I, <laughs> I used up all of my good names on no, nothing. I, I haven't created anything today. That's right. That's right. Get on it, buddy. You know what? I will use up all of my best names in the future. <laughs> That's fine. I I choose to to believe you. But yeah, essentially to me, downtime is the extraneous stuff that keeps the game interesting even when it's not exactly moving forward keeps the game interesting so side quests side quests can be downtime depending on what they are uh, i think there is a very fuzzy line between a traditional side quest and what's considered downtime like if you are say if you're playing a modern game and you are a party of monster hunters in New York City, just pulling that out of nowhere and certainly not from personal experience, and you have mm -hmm. a time where, hey, you know what, let's all, uh, let's go to the library and do some research on monsters just because. That's basically downtime. But if you take the downtime between big important monster hunting missions and you're like, hey... This character's sister is having trouble paying her rent. Let's help her with a side hustle and make her some money. Is that a side quest or is that downtime? That's where it becomes a little blurry. Well, if you had to, if I if I had to bind you to defining the difference between a side quest and downtime, what answer would you give me? It depends on how much structure the storyteller or storytellers or GMs or whatever you want to call us put into it. If it is more GM structured, it becomes a side quest. And if it's player oriented and there's not very much, um, I'm going to say concrete input from the GM, then it remains as downtime. Interesting. Okay. That's fair. My, definition of downtime is and what i would consider to be downtime as i have always known downtime is the is the low between adventures in which your character gets better that's how it was presented to me first so like in D, &D when um in when i was first playing when we wanted to level up it would be during a period of downtime so it 
we didn't like suddenly learn a bunch of new spells like after one combat between one combat and another combat what would happen is uh we would reach a point of of level up and um our dm would be like all right well we're done with this and like now some time has passed and during the time what are you doing in order to justify why you have leveled up and like how have you improved your relationship with this or that god or or what arcane library have you gone to in order to learn some of these new spells or or who have you fought in order to make that happen but it was not as codified so much it was sort of like it is expected that your downtime was spent coming up with the experience capital to actually like catalyze that level up which, which makes never, sense right right which which was fine but i always struggled to do in a game <clears throat> um and i'll tell you why because downtime is when the most character driven things happen during the main source of the adventure you're constantly under some kind of pressure like for instance Jess, you completely calm. I don't know if I've I've, I've ever met completely calm Zen Jess. I think it depends um, on what you define as calm. I guess that's true. But like it, like completely at ease yourself is different than extremely stressed. <laughs> you like you make you make different decisions. Yes. Um, you you act differently and so usually during the course of the game there are varying levels of stressors absolutely i mean you're going up against a bunch of different obstacles you are fighting for your life you are being injured and so like your character is not necessarily what i'd consider to be their ideal or even natural self they're they're like in their crisis mode self but the yeah. downtime is when all of that stress bleeds away and you are left with who is this character when they are not under enormous amounts of pressure what do they do what what is their what are the, what's, what's their pastime what do they value outside of what aids them in combat or aids them here in the story what what do they do with themselves and so i never the trouble with downtime is that when it was presented to me, it was one of those hand-waving. This time passed. We cut to the next time that we're on an adventure. And I can't do that because the downtime is when I get to know the characters much, much, much more thoroughly than um, in some of the other circumstances. So I, I sort of eliminated a lot of downtime. We just kept playing the game. I'd be like, and now that adventure part's over. So what's everybody doing now that we're in this village? What kind of what kind of hijinks are you gonna get? Are you guys gonna get yourselves involved in? And the party splits off. Well, it's usually the origin of when I feel like some of my games are are really slow. Is the really party centric where they're like, my goal was to make a friend for this NPC, and I'm like nothing important happened. I feel like I'm a bad DM, and they're like, this was actually the best session. Because we got to play our characters more thoroughly. Yes. And I feel like this idea of we're eliminating downtime kind of, I don't want to say it flies in the face of the way that I have viewed downtime, but it is both completely counter to and utilizing my understanding of the concept. Because hmm. 
what you're essentially talking about is playing the downtime rather than hand-waving it. And that's what I love. And I think a big part of the reason that I love that was because of our games in college where there was no real sense of distinction between this is quest time and this is, big air quotes, downtime. And a big part of that has to do with the scale of the game. Like, if you're Mm -hmm. doing something that is very personal in the first place, those lines become very blurred very quickly. But if you're doing more of a traditional, like, hey, we have to save the world epic quest, then the moments where you're sitting in the bar and talking as your characters become a lot more impactful in a nice, subtle way. Mm. I I hear you. I It also kind of depends on your chronology. <clears throat> so in games in which you are traversing whole countries... Um, theoretically, your travel would take days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks. And, like, you're not going to sit down every evening and play day five of your trek across, the uh, uh, across like, the plains. Um, you might. I guess you might. But depending on what your timeline is for how long you want the game to go, a lot of people kind of hand-wave distances. Um, and I've hand-waved distances before. I have enforced having some of the travel be played out Mm -hmm. um i just pick a random day in the journey be like this is the day that we're going to kind of take a look at what everybody is doing on this airship while we're traveling from point a to point b and like what what are you guys up to what things are what things are going on what conversations come of it but in the games that we had especially in like college most of our actual in-game times um, happened concurrently, so we we didn't have downtime because the adventures took place within the within like the scope of like a few weeks in actual gameplay. Um, so we didn't have a downtime specifically because we didn't have time for the downtime. Things just moved, and um, my distinction of sort of falling out of downtime or designating downtime was because. You get to a point sometimes in your games and in your sessions where the quests are such that any time that you're taking not doing them is a choice. And so if it is the choice of the players or of their characters that they're like, we're going to take a week in this city before we go and and go down this dungeon and face this, this demon, we have the time to do it and... You know, uh, there was, um, in my Star Wars game, there was something that we called, like, the beach episode. Everybody went back to a, or went back, went to Gleansom, which one of the players was from, um, so she could visit and kind of say goodbye to her family. And everybody else didn't have, like, any other reason to be uh, to be on Gleansom, and so they just went and did their own their own thing. And it was kind of a downtime right before they did their most epic, terrible quest in which they were pretty sure they were not going to come out alive. Of course. And which I think is a really interesting way to use downtime. Yeah. Downtime frames the rest of your journey. Downtime in this sense, in the sense of these journeys, downtime is a useful tool in an exercise in role-playing your character in a way that deepens the narrative value of what is happening. 
what your character does when they are not trying to save the world tells us, the audience, and you, the player who is playing this character, how three-dimensional your, your, your guy actually is. I mean, are they only Throctar, the great barbarian, bold and strong, who fights with stone fists? If that's all they are, then that's all they are. But, like, I want to know whether Throctar does macrame. And if not, why? Yeah. When did Throctar stop? What haunts him about macrame? Throctar, tell us your problems. Open up with us, Throctar. See, that's that's the stuff that I really like to see. Um, and especially as a DM, I am a sp- I especially enjoy when the players come up with all of this stuff on their own. Where they're like, actually, yes, yeah, since my since my character was a was a kid, he he actually loved pipe music, but he quit because his parents forced him into being a, a mage. So whenever he's got this downtime, like he'll go and listen to people perform, and like he secretly just wants to be really good at it. And I'm like. Sometimes people will hit me out of nowhere with that stuff, and it's impactful enough that usually I'll put in a subplot that allows them to do that, that allows them to explore that. It gives their character a chance to shine in a way that isn't combat-focused or, like, super crazy. That is one of the nice utilities of downtime. It can show you as a GM what your players, not necessarily the characters themselves, but, like, the players who are taking the time to think about these things care about outside of the big important story and that's really important because it can help ground them into this world like if you take what they give you and you utilize it they're not just saving the abstract kingdom of gerflarbia like they're saving the place where their great uncle pickle flips taught them how to make horseshoes (laughs) You like that one? I I did. I did like pickle flips. I will admit, I kind of riffed off of a, um, I think it was goblin naming convention that we use in my Monday night games, uh, Mm. in which I had also named an NPC Skiffle Flips. (laughs) So I I like to imagine that those two are related. Yeah. And now they should be. If you're still playing that game, I I demand to know where Pickle Flips will show up. You know, I will work on that and I'll get back to you. I I mean, Pickle Flips has to be a farrier, right? That's what I set up. Uh Uh-huh, definitely. Is it farrier or furrier? Uh, I I don't know if I could tell you. I think it's farrier. Hey, hit us up on Twitter and tell me the answer. Yeah, exactly. No, but you... You're a hundred percent. You're a hundred percent right. I think the the driving purpose is that downtime is less for the DM and more for the players. The plot is for the is is technically for the players, but like let's be real, it's also for the DM. The DM loves to trot out the stuff that they have built. Um, the and if you don't, grand why are you GMing? Yeah, exactly. Right. Have some ambition, pride for your works. Uh, downtime is for the players and by the players. The reason that DMs, or me especially, sometimes feel like a session hasn't gone anywhere is because we have technically engaged in a session of downtime. And I don't feel like I've necessarily done anything because the players have done everything. 
but they love it the most because nothing is nothing is getting worse. Uh, they're not expected to make any real difficult decisions. They set the pace for their own involvement and end up making choices that influence their character for the entirety of the rest of the game. Now, I am going to jump on something you just said there and kind of blow a hole in it. Nothing is getting worse. I find well, that downtime has been among the moments in certain games that I've played where shit gets the realest. <laughs> and it depends entirely on how much the GM wants to get involved with things. Because, yes, you can have moments where it's like, hey, Truflap the Barbarian, I, Gorman Bonkhead, the Paladin of Good, think it was really bad when you crushed that man's skull, and I challenge you to a duel because problems. Like, yeah, you, you can take that route, but what if Gorflap, I don't even remember the names I just said, but what if the barbarian's long-lost brother, who was mentioned, like, once in half a paragraph in the dude's backstory that he wrote, like, in 14 Throctar. seconds before the game started? Yeah, what if Throctar's brother was enslaved and the GM brings, like, you know, bring a slave cart through and, hey, Throctar, there's your brother. During the downtime, when you weren't planning on doing anything, what are you going to do about that? Like, you can really Oof. use these <clears throat> moments to, I don't want to say blindside your players, but, but I do exactly mean that. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do mean that. Yeah, you can blindside your players. <laughs> I, I will I will say this for DMs that are listening and thinking, maybe I could make use of downtime. You don't always have to blindside your players. Sometimes you really can just let them direct exactly what they want to do, and if a player's like, I go to the tavern. I'm going to see if anyone's got a problem. Make up a problem. Yeah. Just make up a problem for them to for them to solve. And as you... So you might not walk in with a plan, but your players will give you all of the tools necessary to make a plan. Your players generate all the jigsaw pieces, and then you put them together into a puzzle that makes sense. Alternatively, if your players aren't super into it and really just want to move on with the story and they're like uh roll the dice to see if i'm getting drunk yeah fine <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that like sure and it, it does depend on the kind of group that you're in i and i, I feel like you jess are usually in the more of the oh yeah story focused esque where that doesn't necessarily happen but no, give me new shit all the time give me fun yeah. stuff to play with right exactly and um I will say that downtime is also a very useful tool for fleshing out your world because we know all of the crazy stuff that's happening with the eternal empire on the backs on the backs of dragons. Like we know everything about that. You, mm -hmm. you know, everybody knows about that. However, do we know how the common man lives when the when the sky is on fire 24/7? How does the common man live? We might never know unless we did downtime, in which case you can definitely show that people stay inside and they don't look at the sky anymore. Alternatively, I would love to have a conversation with the, like, greengrocer who's out there just working the stall. Because, you know, the sky's been on fire for 14 weeks and, eh, still gotta make a living.
<laughs> like honestly in these fantasy <laughs> settings where you've got these cataclysmic things going on give me the npc who is just so unbothered <clears throat> because they have their own like little problems because let me ask you this can you really care about the world being on fire when your family doesn't have food not usually no i think these are questions that are perfect to bring up and maybe not necessarily answer, but at least consider during these moments of downtime, because this is when you're going to have your players be like, I want to go shopping. Okay. Or like, how, or like, and go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. How is what your players are doing out in the overworld? If it's at that epic scale, how is that affecting the people? Or, like, if you don't really care about that, but your players are coming in saying, like, I'm going to drop a thousand gold pieces to buy this mythical sword. You know, you can come up with some flavor text. Where'd the sword come from? How did it get into this little town that they're staying in the tavern at? Sure. There are... Or, I mean, you know, if you have these setting choices where, like, maybe you've got floating rocks, sometimes, sometimes land pieces just float up in the sky, and now... Trappish McGrady is a villager who definitely wants to live on a sky island. And he needs your help to do it. But by Jove, by if you help Jove. him get up there, if you help old Trappish get up there onto the sky island, he will build you a statue that will look upon this village for all time. And they'll look up and say, who is that person? I can barely make it out. It's on a floating island. And it'll be you. But at the same time, you've got Trappish's daughter, Keeg, Keeg McGrady, who's just in there like, please don't let my father go up onto the Sky Rock. If you, if you convince him not to go up onto the Sky Rock, I'll give you this family heirloom. It's like, all right, what are you going to do? Do you want to help the old man live out his life on a Sky Rock? Or do you want the pretty young lass's mysterious heirloom? Right. I mean, has Trappish McGrady thought about what he's going to do for food? Is he going to catch birds? What's going to happen? He's going to be a bird man. Yeah, I mean, must be. Or maybe his daughter's going to stay down there and float balloon food up to him. Oh, balloon food sounds so good. Right? Doesn't it? You'd need some powerful balloons, though. Yeah, you, you would. And you'd need, you need to practice it a lot. I imagine wind currents would become a serious problem for balloon food. Yeah, absolutely. But I can very well picture, like, a bunch of balloons tied to a picnic basket. I love that you said that like Yogi Bear. Ah, yes. Well, I mean, it's the fun, the funnest way to say that. It certainly is, and that cannot be understated. If you haven't said picnic basket in a while, do yourself a favor and just, you know what? Colin and I are going to give you about three seconds of silence. Say it with us. Picnic basket. Picnic basket. Wasn't that nice? I think it was. You're welcome. So, so Colin... <clears throat> downtimes. Yes. Yeah. Let's say you're running a game and you try to add, you try to prompt your players like, okay, so you just got through that horrible thing. You blew up the uh, Star Destroyer and now you're back at your rebel base with Flax Kalendar and Splits McKinsky. And uh, what do you do? And your players all just kind of sit and stare at you like, 
Uh, I, I don't know. You tell us. How do you handle that? So you're saying, what if... Hmm. All right, I get it. All right. So what if the players don't know how to handle downtime? You hand them downtime and they're just like, meh. Right. That's actually happened to me before. In, I, uh, in a game that I... In a game that I ran, that I, I was, was hoping it had. Oh, it it had it it did. I <clears throat> I had a group of people who had been uh, recently initiated in this world. Um, only the greatest uh, from among like new youths that competed in this tournament would be chosen as heroes, um, and the heroes would always fight monsters. In fact, heroes were the only ones that could kill a monster permanently. Otherwise, the monster would just reincarnate in um, in the wood, which was like the entire south. Um, and they would come back out of the forest again. Only the heroes had the ability to uh, kill a monster for good. Uh, so the players won their competition, and they got together, and they were heading out to uh, one of their first, like one of their first missions, where they'd go out and handle a monster um, that had been plaguing them, plaguing the village. And uh, during the time, I was like, okay, so like first evening. You sit down with like your guide, and you're sitting around a fire, and and he he uh, gets close, warm in his hands, and looks across, and he's like, "So, don't you all tell me something about yourselves?" You know, like he, you know, setting you up, right? Yeah, a nice little hey, players, introduce your characters to each other moment. And there were like three of them who were like, "My character says his name." and stares into the fire. Like, great. I guess we move on. Yeah, nice, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to shit talk people who do not do the hobby that we do for the same reason that we do it, but good role-playing there, friendo. It, it's not, it's not a problem if that's a kind of role-playing that you like. However, the DM and the players need to be on the same page when they start a game on which role-playing you're doing. Yeah. Because otherwise, someone is not having their expectations met, and that can be off-putting. I think that's a good word for it. Yeah. I, I have had... I've also shared in those moments where... Maybe some of the players are super into what's going on with these character-to-character -character interactions, and then you've got the one or two people who kind of just sit there and stare bewildered, like, why aren't we rolling dice? Where where did the dice go? I need to I need to fight a thing because I do not care about this part of the game. Right, exactly. And I'm in those situations, I'm always like, ah, oh, I feel so bad for you because you're missing out on the part of this that I love but then I realize that's being very sanctimonious and we just are probably not people who should play these kinds of games concurrently there's no real wrong way to play a role-playing game however it, it should it cannot be stated enough that your group needs to be on a vague amount of the same page when you start now this might be harder when you're you know doing a pickup game or something with like a bunch of new people. I generally look at pickup games, like in my opinion, I kind of look at them as, and like, 
this is probably very arrogant of me, but I look at them as like an open audition and I'm looking for the players that I want to invite to my like for reals game that I'm going to do multiple sessions of rather than like these couple of pickup games. I don't think that's a controversial statement though. I think that okay. that was, that's probably more common than you might think. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you've said so and given me permission to be for that to be valid. Cool. All right. I won't feel bad anymore. Good. Because you are valid, Colin. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. That is what I needed to hear. That is what I needed to say. <laughs> I don't know why I turned that around on you. Uh, I... I was just feeling unnecessarily confrontational for a moment. <laughs> I'm just trying to start an argument in the downtime. I'm just uh... trying to stir some drama. Well, now that's told us a very important thing about your character. It has. <laughs> Honestly, though, like downtime is such a good function function uh vector mm. that's what i meant to say got my math terms Construct. confused it is a fantastic vector for injecting a little bit of extra drama into things because or comedy comedy yes very much so like you can have entire downtime arcs that are built around jokes and tropes that you just want to have fun with but wouldn't otherwise fit into the thrust of your story a novel concept is um during horror games or high drama games, taking downtime as your chance to inject levity, to bring people back to a certain... So, like, if you have too much strong food all at once, eventually everything tastes the same. Your senses will be overwhelmed. It's the same thing with horror or tragedy. Eventually you become numb to it. However, if you give your players a chance to recover emotionally between uh, your hard-hitting moments those moments will hit harder. So let's say you've got an Arkham game where you've got your investigators and they're all grizzled and beaten down and slowly going insane, but there's no, there's no monster for now. What do you do? Uh, you, did say, you did say Arkham. What time period are we talking? Uh, I always think of Arkham fitting best into like 1920s oh okay well then um i would have one of the characters get into an uh an altercation with um a uh, a woman mistaking them for someone that owes her money or someone who's or who is someone's brother i would do a mistaken identities kind of sub episode oh okay see i was thinking somehow loop them into like a bootlegger drag race also very valid there are in any setting you can think of dozens of ways to inject something fun and temporary into these games and sometimes not so temporary i have another example for you and it is also from Play star wars <clears throat> one of the players in um, my initial like star wars jedi game and this was after the war had ended and they were essentially not like uh, kind of on the run, but really, you know, going about things sneakily. <clears throat> the players had split off and we were doing like some downtime between, between sessions. And one player got himself overheard someone in a bar um, on uh, Narshada talking about how they had been given, how they had been given funding 
to write a play, uh, and it will be a new romantic drama set during the height of the Clone Wars, oh. and it happens to and it happens to feature a forbidden love between a separatist traitor and a, and a Jedi, and this and the 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 Jedi was the player character who overheard it, and the separatists. Uh, betrayer or the traitor was another player character and like these will this will be a, a wonderful musical experience mm -hmm. and like that player glommed onto it and like walked up and like hey what are you talking about and the guy turned around and goes my my god you're the very spitting image of creation new oh like and <laughs> you 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 must play the part and cast that player character playing a dramatized, silly version of himself in things, in like the super dark events that had happened in the real world, or like in, you know, during the Clone Wars, but like in a farcical kind of way, yeah. in, in what the over-dramatized people all the way in Hut Space would have heard about the war. And he, and he did it, he went through, and we talked about how like the play was wildly acclaimed, how, their, how the lightsaber fights were in ribbons. They had me sit down and they recorded me going through point by point each act of the play and what occurs in the acts. That is impressive. It, it was impressive, and now Shadows of the Clone Wars has shown up in every single one of our Star Wars games. Oh, uh, see, I love, like, those little leitmotifs like that. Does a leitmotif only work in music, or can you put that as a story beat? I keep using these terms today and not being entirely sure if I'm using them correctly. I'm going to say, I think I let's have let our listeners motifs. correct us. Yeah. Yeah, for the second time, if, if I'm dare. wrong, hit me yeah. up on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I forgot to plug the Twitter account last time, but it is at Podcast Dodeca. Everything else is Dodeca Podcast, but this one is Podcast Dodeca. It stands out. It's a rebel. Yeah, and speaking of that, we're kind of coming up on our time limit. We are absolutely coming up on our time limit. Any final thoughts about downtime for today? I feel like this is something that we could come back to if we wanted to, but... Sure. I'd say in a future episode, we should make more use of examples of downtime, the things that we have utilized as storytellers or have experienced as players that we think would work out pretty well for your games. I've got a couple of different ideas. Um, but the, the Shadows of the Clone Wars was probably one of the most successful downtimes in the sense that it... It provided infinite entertainment. The group all loves it. And every time it shows up, it's canon that it would show up. And it, it means a lot every time. Yeah. So it becomes a tapestry of the world itself and created like this whole different aspect of a character that really helped flesh them out. And that's and that is when we're getting down to it. That's what downtime to me, that's what it's all about. It's about adding more flesh to those skeletons. Hmm. Love me a good fleshy skeleton. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I don't even really have, like, an additional thing to say after that because I completely agree with you. Like, don't be afraid to utilize your downtime to make your characters care more. But 
you know, on that, have you used downtime in an interesting and dynamic way before? Do you have some interesting stories about the downtime or like the events that have happened? Or do you have any upcoming plans or questions for us about how you might utilize downtime with a, a mixed group of players and what they might want? Or questions Feel free to hit us up else? on any of our accounts. Of which there are several. As I've mentioned, our Twitter is at PodcastDodeca. We are on Instagram and Tumblr and Facebook, which are all at Dodeca Podcast or whatever functional like, URL that becomes. Uh, or you could just send us an email if you've got something a little bit longer or more private, I guess, to say, which sure. is dodecapodcast at gmail.com. Hey, also... While you're thinking about it, beautiful listeners who we love and respect and want nothing but good things for. Picnic basket. Picnic basket. Uh, but if you like what you hear on our podcast and you like what we do every week or most weeks, we try to make it every week. Uh, it yeah. would really help us out if you could share your favorite episode with your friends or your mm. gaming group. Uh, if you could like or subscribe or rate us review on whatever you listen to us on we are on spotify and we are on itunes and we are on google play and i'm trying to get us on breaker but i don't really understand that system yet so we should be on that by like sometime late next week i'm gonna say cool oh that's exciting news yeah new platforms and as always from all of us here at Dodecahedron, thank you for listening. We look forward to seeing you on our next adventure. Bye.